I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Today, we are talking about why I think you should develop a mindfulness practice. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is petrichor. You know that smell when the rain hits the ground and it kind of smells really earthy? I just think it smells so good and it makes me so happy. A few minutes ago, I took a little break from work. I went and stood out on the side porch and I just smelled the petrichor and it was so nice and just what my little heart needed. My thorn is kind of a funny one today and it's just that why can't cozy clothes like sweats and like matching sweatsuits like why can't those be also the productive clothes like why do my uncomfortable clothes have to be the ones that help me to focus and get my work done because you know it would just be nice if it was the other way around all right and my bud is that this weekend is garden planting time um this Saturday I get to get all my plants put all my pots out kind of design the herb garden and I have been waiting for this. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I've been like amped to get started, but you just kind of can't until after your last frost. And this week is our last frost, hopefully of the year. Okay, friends, it's time that we had a talk about mindfulness. So once we have this conversation, I think you'll start to see that a lot of this comes into what we already discuss on the podcast, on Instagram, and even in my book, which you can grab at thehonesteneagram.com, wink, wink. But the definition of mindfulness, and, and I'm going to give the one to you from psychologist Scott Bishop, he defines it as non-elaborative, non-judgmental, present-centered awareness in which each thought, feeling, sensation that arises is acknowledged and accepted as it is. AKA, it's the art of paying attention, remaining in the present moment, and doing so from a place of non-judgment. Mindfulness brings attention to the fact that most of us spend a significant portion of our lives on autopilot, going from task to task, not really noticing and choosing how we interact, but instead reacting without thought to things that happen to us. Mindfulness invites us into the role of the observer, where we can have space between our thoughts, feelings, and reactions, and we can be more mindful of the stories we are telling ourselves, but also how we behave in the world. This is an interesting thing to partner with the Enneagram, because if you think about it, our average to unhealthy levels of our Enneagram type are essentially a representation of who we are on autopilot. We can use mindfulness to not only allow us to operate out of higher levels of health, but also to step outside of our type-specific confines altogether and choose behaviors that aren't limited by this model. This work is so good for us mentally, relationally, and even physically. Science has made strides in showing that mindfulness is good for heart health, self-esteem, cognitive functioning, stress, immunity, easing, distractibility, and even inherent bias. In 2015, Central Michigan University did a study by Professor Adam Lewick. Participants listened to either a mindfulness or a control audio. In the study, mindfulness meditation caused an increase in their state of mindfulness and a decrease in implicit race and age bias. Now, there are three major elements of developing a mindfulness practice. 
First is intentionality. So you're intentionally cultivating awareness and choosing to return to it over and over again. The second is focusing on the present moment. It's as simple as paying attention to thoughts, feelings, and sensations as they arise. And the third is non-judgment towards self and others. Now, tomorrow I'm going to share with you 10 of my favorite mindfulness practices, but I wanted to end today's episode with a poem from Roger Keyes called Hokusai Says. Hokusai says, look carefully. He says, pay attention, notice. He says, keep looking, stay curious. He says, there is no end to seeing. He says, look forward to getting old. He says, keep changing. You just get more who you really are. He says, get stuck, accept it, repeat yourself as long as it is interesting. He says, keep doing what you love. He says, keep praying. He says, every one of us is a child. Every one of us is ancient. Every one of us has a body. He says, every one of us is frightened. He says, every one of us has to find a way to live with fear. He says, everything is alive. Shells, buildings, people, fish, mountains, trees, wood is alive, water is alive. Everything has its own life. Everything lives inside us. He says, live with the world inside you. He says, it doesn't matter if you draw or write books. It doesn't matter if you saw wood or catch fish. It doesn't matter if you sit at home and stare at the ants on your veranda or the shadows of the trees and grasses in your garden. It matters that you care. It matters that you feel. It matters that you notice. It matters that life lives through you. Contentment is life living through you. Joy is life living through you. Satisfaction and strength is life living through you. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Love, feel, let life take you by the hand. Let life live through you. Thank you all for joining me today in our discussion around mindfulness. I so look forward to bringing a few of my favorite practices to your ears tomorrow in our next episode.